0: Welcome to the Faith Element podcast for the December 10, 2023 session, focusing on Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Longing for home. I'm David Cassidy.
1: I'm Lacey Wondering. I'm Crystal Shepard.
0: And I'm
2: Daniel Glaze.
0: I think I heard a new name in that list. Did anyone else hear that? I heard it. Yeah. Yeah, Lacey Wondry, is that right?
1: That's my name. Oh, so my. They call me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Lacey is joining us today for the first time. Our own Nikki Hardiman is off to Finland, of all places, uh, with her family on a wonderful trip. So we hope they're having a terrific time, but very much appreciate Lacey joining us today to join in the conversation. And because Daniel has some inside info. He's going to introduce Lacey for us.
2: Yes, I'm pleased to introduce to our podcasting community, Reverend Lacey Wondry. Lacey has served on pastoral staff of churches in Virginia and North Carolina, and currently serves as ministries coordinator here at River Road Church, where she has the absolute best pastor and mentor ever, <laughs> I, I have heard. <laughs> Lacey's a native of North Carolina, and she has degrees from Marshall University and Campbell University Divinity School. Her husband, Chris, is student pastor at Richmond's First Baptist Church, and they have the cutest children, a five-year-old son named Bennett and three-year-old twins, Ella Kate and Micah. And you'll also be interested to know, Lacey Ken, Quote from memory each episode of all nine seasons of The Office. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. yeah, she's she's an incredibly gifted minister, a an absolute delight to be around and a good friend. So I'm glad she's here on this podcast.
1: Thanks Welcome. for having me. Yeah.
0: We are glad you're here. You you might not be glad you're here in, in a little <laughs> bit, but we are we are awfully glad you're here. We have a passage today that um Leads to a conversation, at least at the beginning, about what it means to be comforted. So I'm curious: when you need to be comforted, what do you do, or where do you turn, or or what's your comfort food, or a ritual you do? What what do you what do you do to find comfort?
3: For me, I, I like to be outdoors. So. Even if I can't be physically outside watching the trees, that's very comforting. And if I'm honest, as far as like comfort foods, chocolate is a staple in my diet. It comforts me (laughs) every day, as well as green tea. Specifically, if I can get it from a certain place that has a little mermaid for a um, mascot, I like iced green tea. Those kind of give me enough of a, a dopamine kick to get through my day. (laughs) As a mom of small children, I'm not used to being
1: comforted. I'm almost always a comforter. So this question was when I was like, I'm not sure that I even know how to be comforted even anymore after having children. (laughs) But I would say I'm a physical touch person, so I need a good hug most of the time. And when that doesn't work, I pay a therapist hundreds of dollars uh, (laughs) to tell me. (laughs) What to do next? Yeah, physical touch for me, and I think that's what my kids need, too. So Mm -hmm. they're learning maybe from what I need.
2: Yeah, so I don't know that I couldn't come up with a a good answer for a comfort food, but I will say, if this might be the answer, for me, it's hard to be upset when you're right in front of a hot bowl of grits. Mm -hmm. So there are my Alabama bona fides coming out there,
0: but... Mm -hmm. Do you do grits yeah. with those homemade biscuits you make?
2: Uh, I often do, yeah. Wow. Dad, and maybe, maybe a sunny-side-up egg on top. <laughs> oh, so. oh, oh, now
0: Shirt we're talking. <laughs> That's good, too, man. That is. <laughs> telling you. Well, certainly a hug is always welcomed when whenever I need comforting. But I would probably mention music as a place where I find comfort, in particular— if I can play music off of a vinyl record, now I don't always listen to vinyl because it takes work. You got to clean it and get the turntable going. And, but there's something about that whole physical aspect, the tactile bit of playing music that way. Plus, I think it sounds pretty good. And, but I'll put on a jazz album or something that's to me comforting and I can get lost in that. Yeah. So I appreciate those musicians who often <laughs> play a comforting role for me without realizing it. However you're comforted, I hope you don't need a whole lot of comfort right now. But if you do, <laughs> I hope you, you know where to turn and where to find the help you need to, to make it through. We have a second Sunday of Advent text today out of Isaiah. Daniel, would you help get us started?
2: I'll be glad to. So I really love the story that Fred Craddock tells about a time he was flying to Oklahoma and found himself behind beside a, a husband and wife. Y'all been on vacation, Fred asked. Yes, to Europe, the wife said. Wow, what countries did you visit? The, hus- the husband replied, all them little countries were so scrunched up together, you can't tell him when you're in one and out of another. Fred said, yeah, this was her trip, not his. So he asked her, what was your favorite place? The woman immediately said, oh, the Alps, they just took my breath away. I could have spent forever there. We took so many pictures, unbelievably beautiful. As they talked, the plane lowered. The fastened seatbelt sign came on, and as the plane dipped down toward the Oklahoma City airport, Fred said this woman started rummaging through her purse and pulled out her camera, pressed it against the window, and started clicking away. Fred said, pardon me, miss, but you've been to the Alps, and you're taking pictures of Oklahoma? She looked at him and said, but this is home, home, longing for home. That's what we're going to be talking about today, but maybe I should start a little earlier than that. Roughly 600 years before Jesus was born, God's people were in a mess. They had been engaged in a war with the Babylonians, a massively powerful nation, and they had been roundly defeated. Jerusalem was leveled, the temple destroyed. The Babylonians gathered up all leaders of Judah, priests, teachers, artisans, business leaders, and forced them to cross the desert to Babylon. There they were held in captivity for 70 years. Seventy years. Think about that. How would you feel if an invading army sacked your city, destroyed your holy place of worship, stole your body, and took you to a land that was not your home? I don't know about you, but I'd feel lost. I think I'd feel as if God had forgotten about me. I'd feel abandoned. We call this time in Israel's history the exile. These were significant years in the life of our spiritual ancestors. These were painful years, full of anguish and hopelessness. Whenever they thought of their homeland, they were filled with grief. This people with a rich tradition of singing their praises to God couldn't even form the first note. Here's how Psalm 137 puts it. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the willow trees we hung up our harps. Our captors asked us for songs. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? For 70 years, there was no singing, only the silence of grief and heartache and pain. But then something breaks that silence. A small but mighty voice is heard. Back in Jerusalem, a prophet named Isaiah writes a letter to the community in exile in Babylon. I'm sure you immediately recognize his words. Isaiah's words here form the opening tenor movement of Handel's Messiah. Comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem that her penalty is paid, her suffering ended. It's so beautiful, isn't it? Isaiah proclaims that God has not forgotten about the exiled people. God had listened to their pain. God had heard their cries. God has forgiven their sins, and God will lead them home. In even more beautifully tender imagery, Isaiah writes, God will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arms. He shall carry them in his bosom. Do you hear what Isaiah is saying? No matter what happens to us, no matter how far we stray, no matter how we forget who we are and who God is, we ourselves will never be forgotten. There is one whose love follows us every day of our lives, and God, the good and loving shepherd, will lead us home. Do you need to be reminded of that this Advent season? I know I do. I need to be reminded that even though I am prone prone to wander from God's love for me, that love steadfastly and relentlessly pursues me. I need to be reminded that nothing, not anything in all of creation can separate me from that tender, life-giving love. I also need to be reminded that even though we are longing for home, love will lead us there. Oh, and when I say home, I'm not talking about a house. I'm not talking about your hometown. When I say home, I'm talking about that deep Place within the heart of God where we know that we are loved, where we know that we are cared for, where we know that we are never forgotten, where we know that we are never, ever truly alone in this world. Church, this Advent, 2023, Jesus is coming to live among us, to love us, and to lead us home. That's a little background on our text for today.
3: I really appreciate you bringing in this idea of God as home and not a lot of times when we talk about comfort and longing for home in a Christian context, it's a lot of times in relation to heaven, but you brought out this idea of God as being home and being with God. And I thought that was so beautiful. That image, because I think growing up in a in a more conservative southern baptist church that wasn't you were longing for heaven and it wasn't necessarily about longing for heaven to be with god if that makes sense and it wasn't even a a context where we were talking about god being home for us so i really like that idea of god as comfort in a completely different way it it makes me pause to think about it and to feel comforted in thinking about God in that way. Not that I've never thought about God in that way, but it's just, it's nice within the context of Advent to think about that. We get so focused on Jesus being born, and I like you bringing in that comfort of God as home. I'm going to carry that with me through the rest of this season.
2: Yeah, I, I appreciate that, Crystal, because I, a- Advent, of course, is a time of waiting. We're waiting to to receive Christ. But I don't know that we in the church have done a great job of explaining or encouraging or practicing what it means to actively wait and or or what our role is. And so as Christ is coming to us in Advent, I think there is something to our seeking and moving toward Christ as well. And so I guess I'm starting to put two things together here, and your reflection back to me has caused me to do that, that maybe part of our work is that longing, that moving toward home that is, as you say, not some, not after we die in heaven by and by, but is right here now in the heart of God.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. And I also think God making a home in us, like that's the other huh. part of that We talk about awaiting Christ's coming as far as every advent, but I think opening that space inside of ourselves for God to be at home in us like almost a renewal for us, like a homecoming but <laughs> it's every year it's transforming the way I'm thinking of Advent, so I just really appreciate it because. It's always focused, and and not that it shouldn't be focused on Jesus coming because that's what it's about, but having this space for God to be at home in us yet again, I I like it. I'm going to sit with it for a while.
0: I I couldn't help but latch on to a couple of things that you said, Daniel, in your intro. I wrote them down, actually, while you were saying them because— it struck me one how much i want wanted this and and secondly how much how much it feels like a lot of our world is homesick and and here's what you said you said home is the place where we know we are loved and cared for place where we know we are never alone And I have to think, gosh, the news is crazy these days, but you just think about anything from little kids to teenagers to young adults, raising kids, taking care of older folks, those of us who are getting a little older, all through life, it's really nice to find that place where we know we are loved and cared for and never alone. Thinking that of God in that way, God is that sort of home, that's a really interesting way of naming the homesickness that I think our world feels.
1: Position we find ourselves often in, in Advent, in the middle of wars happening, like, how can we find our home? How can we feel that we are comforted? And it's the crying out to God, like, I know I am comforted, but help me in my discomfort or my inability to be comforted. And that just feels like longing to me, which is what Advent is, the longing to Mm. know that we are indeed comforted.
2: So that sort of duality, you know, I believe, help my unbelief, or in my discomfort, we can find comfort, causes me to Wonder and maybe we need to, rather than shy away from it, dig deeper with this metaphor of God as home. And I'm wondering how we might approach this in our small groups, or even in our conversation here. There are people for whom home is not comfort. You know, whether there's a loss of love, whether there is physical or sexual abuse, I don't want to gloss over any of that and say, it doesn't matter what your home life is like. Your true home is with God, so perk up. But at at the same time, is it, again, I'm not trying to dismiss, is there some benefit in saying, in spite of whatever we might, what we might bring when we think of home, There's also home within God, and that's where you are loved and cared for and never alone. You know what I'm getting at? I I just wonder wonder if we need to be careful, but my desire to be careful here doesn't lead me to shy away from this metaphor of God as home. You know what I mean? Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I still think there's validity there. I'm not exactly sure what I'm saying, but I'm just wondering if we need to be a little careful in where that might lead us.
3: With this scripture, and I think this will this goes in with what you're talking about, Daniel. I, I, there's this this image, and it's foreign to us in modern times. But there's this image of God as the shepherd calling in the sheep and holding them to to God's self. And it made me think of, and I've probably mentioned it on here before because it's such an image that is stuck with me. There was hillside video on YouTube, and if I can find it, I will have it linked. Get David to link it. Um, there's this video on YouTube where there is a shepherd, a man, a modern day shepherd, walking along this field, and there's a hillside, and there's this thick blanket of fog covering the hillside and you can't really see a lot. There's rocks, but you can see a few sheep scattered and he starts calling, Hey sheep. And he's calling them to him. And all of a sudden you, I'm just going to, I, 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 I try not to cry. You hear this like all this bleeding and these bass coming from the, the fog, from the mist. You can't see them. And then they just come running and they're running to this shepherd and he's like greeting them and petting them and talking to them. And I think about it. God is home is the place you run to. It's not a place you run away from. There's homes that we have that aren't safe and we want to run away from those homes and we want to find shelter from them, those homes maybe. So that sensitivity to people who don't have a, a safe home environment. But God is the home that you want to run to. It's that place of safety and refuge where you will be held and comforted. That image is just stuck with me, that God is where we run to. I'm
1: just thinking about the image that you painted. I, I want to find that video. I'm going to go watch it, um, of what this looks like and what it would have looked like for these people coming out of exile They hear these words, comfort my people, and they're thinking to themselves, I don't know what comfort is. I don't know what home feels like right now. I know punishment, and I know judgment, and I know, like Daniel said in his opening, what it feels to be forgotten, but I'm not quite sure where home is. And so this word really is a word of hope of you are going to find home again. In the midst of your longing, you will find home again, and God is coming to say, I am going to be that home.
2: Yeah, I think that's how I interpret the first few verses of this passage. Comfort or comfort my people, says your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her. She has served her term. Her penalty is paid. All is forgiven. It's behind us.
0: It's time to come on home. have to say that this conversation has been comforting to me it has both reminded me of those places where i have a longing for home and specifically this kind of home we've been describing in god because it often feels elusive uh, that it has somehow moved away further away (laughs) and is harder to access it this notion that we can access this home we have in God and that acceptance is there. We are loved and cared for that we are not alone. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big deal, especially in this day and age where there's so much trauma, so much fear, so much anger, even hate. Maybe longing for home is a part of the process of healing for us and for this world. I'm reminded of the words of uh, Frederick Buechner again, who writes so eloquently. He says, I cannot claim that I have found the home I long for every day of my life, not by a long shot, but I believe that in my heart I have found and have maybe always known the way that leads to it. The home we long for and belong to is wherever Christ is. I hope we can all make our way home, and if not home, towards home. And that maybe this season we also work even harder to create home for others around us who need it so deeply. Thank you all for this good conversation. Learn more about our Faith Element Bible study curriculum at faithelement.net. Faith Element is a service of Faith Lab.